That's all I have for announcements. We're going to get into the word now. My name is Wendy, by the way. I'm the lead pastor here of CMU Church. Blessed, blessed to be the pastor here. We have been doing a series on the gifts of the Spirit. And today is, we're going to kind of wrap it up today. Um, it's getting close to Easter, so we need to talk about Easter. Um, so we're going to wrap this up today. We have been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We've, we've, we've kind of got through them all, but today we're going to be talking about faith, gift of healing, and signs and wonders. And I believe that today during worship that God was moving powerfully and he was doing some miraculous things. And I believe that we are going to hear some testimonies on how God did something today in some lives today. And I look forward to hearing from you. If God, you know, if God does the miracle in your life, answers the prayer that you've been praying for, whatever it is, please come and tell us because there's power in testimony. So we need to share these things. So we're going to read, we're going to start off by reading um, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 11. And this is this kind of is where we talk about um, Paul is teaching us about the gifts of the Spirit. So I'm going to read First uh, Corinthians seven, uh, sorry, twelve, verse seven to eleven. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, to another uh, the interpretation of tongues, all these work uh, work of one sp- and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines so again each of the gifts that we've been talking about um, they will be given and and kind of dealt out I'll, I'll say are given as the spirit determines so if you've missed um, some of these you can re-watch them online they're on Facebook they're also on our webpage if you want to hear uh, the other sermons but today we're going to talk about faith gift of healing and signs and wonders so the first one we're going to tackle is faith and it's this is an interesting one because people are like so is faith a gift? Like, does not everybody have faith? Yes, everybody has faith. This is talking about the gift of faith. So we all have some kind of faith. We all have been given or we all have received faith. We have faith that we have been saved. We have faith in knowing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. In Romans 12, 3, it says, by the Uh, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Some of your versions actually might say... um, Uh, by being given a measure of faith. Some of your Bibles may say measure instead of um, in accordance to the faith distributed. But what it's telling us is, is we all have been given faith. We all have, you know, faith of a mustard seed. If we even have like the teeny, 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 teeny little bit of faith, we can know, we know that God can do mighty, miraculous things in our lives. 
But when we're talking here in, in Corinthians where he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit and it talks about the gift of faith, this faith is like faith on steroids, okay? It's even greater. It's bigger. It's bigger than... You know, our, our tiny little bit of faith that we're like, okay, God, I'm really going to trust. This is like something that's deeper and greater with inside of us. It's a specific gift of faith for a specific situation that maybe you are going through or you're walking through, believing and having faith that God is going to do something in your life beyond what human uh, capabilities of, of making something happen is. So, so when I talk about how my, my, my passion, my desire for all of you is that you experience God in your life, that you experience the Holy Spirit because it's in that experience that God is going to become so real to you. So this gift of faith is something that will happen that, that you're like, okay, that... I'm going to have faith in believing, and when you see it happen, it's only by the grace of God. So it's supernatural faith, just an inner an inner knowing. Has anybody ever, you know, I've, I've heard stories of, of different ones from you, and I, and I love hearing these stories, but you just, you know, you're coming against uh, something, an obstacle or a situation or something, and you just have this bizarre peace about it. Anybody ever experienced that? That you just, you know that you know that you know that God... Is, is going to do something. Like this inner, you're not like, okay, uh, it makes no sense. But I just trust and believe that God is going to do something really awesome in this. So specific faith for a specific thing that God wants to do. So in Acts 3, verses 1 to 10, and I'm not going to read the whole, the whole bit this morning, I am going to read Acts 3, uh, verse 6 and 7 in a second. But Acts 3, I'm just going to explain a little bit about what's happening in this story. And this is actually the scripture, I don't know if some of you remember, um, when I came to preach for call here, like three, in, three years ago, this is the verse that I spoke on. And when I think about it now, I'm kind of chuckling myself at what I, anyways, I don't know if anybody remembers, but anyways, there's a lot of new people here, so you probably don't. So it's okay. Anyways, Acts chapter 3. This is the story where Peter, let me just turn, get my Bible here. Okay. So Acts chapter 3. Peter and John are, are, are going to the temple and they're confronted by a man who is laying at the temple and he's lame. And he's begging for, for money. And Peter and John come up to him, and they're like, so verse 6 and 7, it says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have. But here's where his inner faith, that is beyond human understanding, beyond human explanation, he says, But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. So Peter and John are walking along, and they're getting ready to go into temple, and, and this guy's like, hey, can I have some money? And they're like, we got nothing. But what we do have is this inner faith 
And they went to him and they grabbed him by the right hand and said, in Jesus' name, walk. And like literally pulled him up. That is since you, like the inner knowing to be able to, like, I got faith, but I don't know. If somebody came in here in a wheelchair, I'm going to be honest. I don't know, unless I knew that I knew that I knew that God said, like, pull that person up and say walk. Like, that's some serious faith on steroids. And he just pulls him up by the right hand and says, in Jesus' name, walk. He didn't just say, you know what, I'm going to pray for you. Sorry I don't have any money, dude, but I'm going to pray for you and just keep walking. He didn't just say, like, oh, let's let's just pray, you know, some kind of prayer and get up. Like, they literally put their faith into action and said, in Jesus' name, walk. It's this inner faith in knowing, not just talking about it, not just imagine, but, like, knowing that God is going to do something super, super natural. And I love how he says, he directs where the power is coming from. In, he doesn't just say in the name of Jesus. He, he's like, you need to know. Because, I mean, Jesus was, was a common name. Like, we don't hear people really anymore called Jesus. Maybe in, in some of our Latino countries. But, like, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Like, he is specific. This is where the power is coming from. My faith is in the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And my faith... In Jesus' name, be walk, be able to walk. So they made sure they knew it was from Jesus. There was just this inner knowing that God was going to do something in that moment. So I'm giving you scripture. I'm also going to give you some personal stories as we go along. After my last child was born, Tamara, um, about a month after giving birth to her, I ended up having Bell's palsy. And I don't know if any of you know what that is. But it's when you have paralysis of your face. So my whole left side of my face was completely paralyzed. And my ear was super susceptible to noise. So if I would go anywhere in church or, you know, sometimes watching TV at home or a movie theater, I had to put um, an earplug in because it was, everything was like just amplified. And my eye, I couldn't close it, I couldn't blink, so I would have to tape it closed at night to be able to sleep, because I had, it was completely paralyzed, I couldn't, I couldn't flick my, close my eye. And then my face, my mouth, um, I, like, I swear the joker, I have one picture, and I should have tried to find it for you, because it's hilarious, but I, anyways. Um, so when I would smile, which I do a lot, and I laugh, um, this side of my face would, would be up, because I'm smiling, laughing, and this side of my face was still, like down here, so I looked very distorted. Um, and so my whole, my whole side of my face, so where I'm going with this is, when it started to happen, what happened was my tongue started to go numb. And I didn't know what was going on, so I went to Emerge and said, hey, I got a, a numb tongue, and they couldn't figure out what was going on. And then all of a sudden my eye was starting to droop, and the rest of my, so I, I, I kept going back, and I couldn't get into my own doctor. And I went to Emerge a couple of times, and they're all like, we have no idea. So I finally, after a couple of weeks, get in to see my, my personal doctor. And I walk into the office, and he knew right away. He said, you have Bell's palsy. And he said, the problem is, there's like a window of opportunity of when we can get medicine into you to be able to fix this problem. And he said, that window has passed. 
So I'm just going to be very frank with you and just say there's a very good chance that your face will not ever completely recover. That you probably will forever have, you know, a, a, a droopy mouth. In that moment, I can't, I'm not saying that I was so spiritual, but in that moment, I just had this inner faith. I can't explain it, but as he's talking to me, I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm going to be fine. So he gives me medication, and I go about, I don't know how long it was, maybe a couple of months, I don't know. And finally, after a while, my face started to return back to normal. And people would come and pray over me, and oh God, and I'm like, it's going to happen. I can't explain it. I, I have, it was just like, I just had this inner knowing faith that God was going to completely heal me. Now, when I went, when it started to heal, and then I went back to my doctor, and he sent me in to go to a neurologist, because he said there's always, maybe not in your face, um, but there's always scar tissue that happens in your brain. There's always going to be a trace of what happened to you. So I got hooked up to all the probes and the ladies like doing all the like things. It was very, very just like horrible feeling. Anyways, she's zapping me and she's like, are you sure you have Bill's palsy? And I'm like, oh, honey. <laughs> I had to drink from a straw on this side because if I would try to drink from a cup, like literally everything would just like fall out of my mouth. Like food, I would have to like, like kind of push my mouth closed and chew because like I had no control over this side of my mouth. So everything would just like fall out. Like it was, it was a nasty mess. She said, there is no sign in your brain, like there's no scar tissue of Bell's palsy. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I know, I know. Now I do have just a little, I'm going to call it just a little reminder of God's goodness. And, and Daryl says that he notices it more when I'm tired. So if I come into church one day and I look like a cyclops, you know that. I need a holiday pass, okay? But some, I only notice it on videos, which is very interesting. And sometimes people will notice it because I've had people ask me about it and sometimes now you're all gonna go look you're all gonna watch the videos to see sometimes on a video you'll see my one eye is a little bit droopy but that's literally that's it my mouth is fine my hearing is fine there's nothing in my brain of scar tissue there's nothing yes just a bizarre I couldn't explain it but I just knew that I knew that I knew that God was going to do something miraculous okay the next one gift of healing so we were all created in Genesis we're all created pure God's perfect plan was for us to to live with no sickness and disease everything was paradise and of course sin entered into the world and with that comes sickness disease um, ailments that we need healing from so the gift of healing is when we pray for somebody to be healed and God chooses to heal them now I can't explain why sometimes 
not everybody is healed in the manner that we think that they should be. I don't, I cannot, I stand here before you and I say, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand why God chooses to heal some and not, or chooses to heal in a different way. I have no reason, I have no understanding of that. But what I can tell you is, is that God does heal. He does still do miracles, still today. Amen? So we read about it in the, in, the, in the Bible, we read about the miraculous things, but we know that we know that we know that God still does miracles now. Now, we can read all through the Bible about um, Jesus doing healings. He, he healed the deaf, the blind, the sick, the lame, the dead. He brought dead back to life. Like, he did amazing miraculous things. We see the disciples. Uh, we talked about it here in Acts, how uh, Peter and John were like, in Jesus' name, be healed. And the guy was healed. Like, we read through all of this of, of miraculous healings. God still does the miraculous. God still does. And, and he does healings when we just, you know, he does it two ways. So he can do it either we just pray and there's a healing, but he can also do it through medical things. And so when we look at 2 Kings 20, verse 1 to 11, and again, I'm not going to read the whole scripture, but we look at King Hezekiah, who, who gets a message from Isaiah, who says, you're going to die. And Hezekiah... <laughs> That's nice. Imagine having a prophet. We talked about prophecy. Um, imagine the prophet coming up to you and going, by the way, you'll be dead in a couple of days. Just letting you know. Um, not a nice thing that you want to hear. But the king, he goes and he prays and he repents to God. And he begs God for his life. And God decides in his grace to add another 15 years to his life. And in 2 Kings 20, verse 7... It says, then, has, then Isaiah said, prepare a poultice of figs. And they did so and applied it to the boil and he recovered. We also look at John 9, 6, where Jesus is, uh, he has a blind man come to him. And Jesus makes a mud pie and slaps it on the guy's eyes. And he ends up seeing. So, so when I look at these things, sometimes God will heal um, just praying for something, God will heal it instantly. But sometimes God will heal doing it through maybe a medical, uh, in a manner of medicine. So we believe in doctors, right? We don't believe that, that no, don't go to doctors because they're from the devil. That's not true. God can use doctors to bring healing into people's lives as well, okay? So we need to remember that God can move how God chooses. God, God's awesome and he can choose however he wants to move and to do the healing now a personal story a couple of personal stories i remember daryl used to have um his shoulder would go out like all the time he would reach for the phone back in the day when we had phones attached to a wall <laughs> he would reach for the phone it would go out he would play baseball it would go out it was like it was like a constant thing. So it got to be to the point where it's been out so many times that it became harder and harder and harder to get his shoulder back into place. So one day we're in a merge and the doctors are doing everything. They've got him just pumped full of painkillers and drugs that are making him loopy and they cannot get this shoulder back into place. And I feel God say, pray in the spirit over him. So we're in the emerge room, and I've got my hand on, on his shoulder, and I just start speaking in tongues over his shoulder. And all of a sudden, it just goes, whoop! And the nurses come in, and they're like, did you see that? It just, whoop, pops back in. Now he's had some surgery since, but... 
my most favorite, favorite miracle story. When my daughter was pregnant with the twins, Grace and Julia, and some of you know them, Natasha was born with a heart issue, which I'm going to talk about in a few minutes. We have a lot of heart issues in our family, as you know, with my mom's history. And so because of that, they wanted to check the babies extra and make sure that everything was okay. When they got, they checked out, as if anybody's had twins, baby A is perfectly fine. She went into the ultrasound by herself. Her husband wasn't there. He's working. And then they get to baby B, and they find issues. And so they pull her out, and they say, you're going to want to call your husband. And so she's obviously, you're going to be freaking out, wondering what's going on. And they said, this is, this is serious, and you need so they bring Josh in. And they explain that this baby has all kinds of heart issues, and if the baby should survive birth, um, maybe make it to year two, like just a horrible, horrible diagnosis. And they're a mess, and Josh just, you know, the doctors leave and say, well, just let you process a little bit and, and kind of go through all of that and figure out what you want to do, because of course, you know, they would say if you want to abort one child, which obviously they're not going to do. Um, so he puts his hand on her belly and he prays. And he says, We don't receive this. We do not receive this in Jesus' name. We pray healing over this baby. The doctor comes back in the room. And he says, now that your husband's here, we're going to do the ultrasound again. And we just want to show you um, where the issues are. And, and, and we just want to kind of reiterate what needs to be done, blah, 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 blah. So they bring her back into the room. They start doing the ultrasound again. And they're looking. And they're looking. And not The doctor is in tears the nurse is bawling she's losing her mind and the doctor is like in my 35 years of doing what I'm doing he says I have never I would never make this kind of a call unless I knew that I would never give you this news unless I was a hundred pieces he says I have no I like he's speechless He's like, I, I have a picture here of an ultrasound of a heart that is so unhealthy, and I have a picture here of a heart that there's nothing wrong, and I have no explanation. So her name is Grace, because by God's grace, he healed her, and she's fine. They've done checks on her because they've had to do like every so many years. She needs to go in for echoes and all that kind of stuff. And there is nothing wrong with her heart. <laughs> Makes no sense to the human mind. But that's how God works. Miraculous powers, last one. Things that don't make sense to the human brain. Signs and wonders, sometimes we refer to them to. I like to say only by the grace of God moments. And these are key because, again, when you experience God in those only by the grace of God moments are the ones that will keep you solid in your faith. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 43. It says they devoted themselves. This is key. You need to really listen to this. 
they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, which means they came together to fellowship. They came to church and hung out with each other. To the breaking of bread, they took communion. They shared meals together. And to pray, they prayed together. Y'all need to come out 6.30 Sunday nights for prayer, 10 a.m. pre-service prayer. You need to pray. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. God was doing the miraculous, the signs and wonders, moving by his Holy Spirit, doing the stuff that makes no sense in the human brain. So what does that look like? Think about what we sang about this this morning. God parted the Red Sea for Moses. That makes no sense. In the natural world, scientists are like, this makes no sense. Jesus turned water into wine. What about the walls of Jericho? How they literally just, that that was like the fortress. And they just walked around, worshipped God, and prayed, and the walls came crushing down. And there's actual archaeological proof that this happened. Signs and wonders. How Gideon defeats the Midianites with no weapons, with trumpets and torches. The Midianites' army was 100,000, sorry, 135,000 men. 135,000 men were the Midianites. And Jesus took, or sorry, God took uh, Gideon's army down to 300 men with no weapons, only trumpets and torches, and they defeated the army. This makes no sense to the human brain. Signs and wonders. How about the very fact, again, we sang about this this morning, Christ was born from a virgin. It makes no sense. But in God, a specific miracle for a specific time for God's glory. Talking about my daughter Natasha again with her heart issue. When Natasha was born, we had no idea that there was anything wrong. So we, I just had a baby, and there's the baby. And I guess when they are checking, doing the natural checks when they used to leave you in the hospital for long than, longer than 12 hours. <laughs> um, I had a section, so I was in the hospital for a couple of days, and they were monitoring Natasha. And unbeknownst to us and to the doctors, Natasha actually had um, AFib. She had a, a racing heart, but nobody knew. Because the AFib would only happen at certain times of the day. It wasn't happening all the time. It would just happen at sporadic moments. And one day the nurse was checking the blood pressure of the baby and she was checking it, I don't know, on the arm, for, let's just say, for instance. And I'm talking nurse stuff with a nurse right here. And I'm afraid to look at her because <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm getting all my... But she, they took the pulse, say, in the arm. And the nurse says to me, I don't know what it was, but in that moment, I just felt, she's not a Christian, I just felt I need to check the pressure in the leg at the same time, like right afterwards, consecutively. 
And when she did that, there was some kind of a disconnect. There was something that didn't line up together. And she said that caused her to wonder what the issue was. So they started to dig a little deeper, and they found out that she has AFib. But what the interesting thing is, is this AFib would only happen at certain moments of the day. And it just so happened in the moment when the nurse was checking blood pressure here, and she says, I don't know why, I just felt that I was supposed to check it here too. And when the two didn't line up, it caused her concern. And so they started to dig deeper and found out that she needed to go on medication to fix this. Now she's completely healthy, again, was on the medication until she was two. She's completely fine, has gone for her checkups, and is completely fine. Yes, because God's amazing, right? But here's the thing, signs and wonders. Because they told me, had it not been detected, she would have been dead by two. By a heart attack. They said her heart, literally when they did the echo and all that kind of stuff, it looked like it was, it was a, a person who was like in their senior years. But in that specific moment, for a specific time, in God's divine moment, he caused the nurse to dig a little deeper. And in that moment was when she was having AFib. So all of these, all the gifts that we've been talking about, every single one of them, are all combined a little bit with our faith in God, okay? We need to remember, as we, we, we've gone through all of these and we've talked about them and we've, we've dissected them all, we need to keep in our minds that we need to seek God. Not the gift, but we need to seek the giver of the gift. Don't be running to different churches and different events because you hear that there's something that's happening there. I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad to go to conferences. and That's not at all what I'm saying. But don't go with the intention to seek somebody for a prophetic word or for whatever because they they because it happens there god can move here god can move in your living room god can move in your kitchen god can move while you're watching online god is powerful and he does not just only hold himself to specific people and specific times and mo moments okay god can use any of you in any of these gifts so god can use any of you to pray over somebody for healing and god can use you okay I've had many people come up to me and say, I'm feeling, I need direction in this area. Um, I, I, I'm not sure what I want to do. Can, can you talk to the Lord and, and give me an answer? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I am not the psychic hotline. <laughs> talk to God yourself. Just because I have a piece of paper that says pastor does not make me any more, you know, people say, well, you have a direct line. Yeah, so do you. So do you. We all have the ability to go to God. We all, it says God will give the spirit as he determines for his glory. We've had little kids, oh my gosh, praying for Len. A couple of weeks ago, we have a picture of it. We little gaffers. Do you think God goes, oh, sorry, you're too young? No. 
God looks at the heart. And he will move through the children. God can heal through anyone if he chooses. Now here's one of my little bit of pet peeves. Well, God doesn't move anymore. I don't see God doing miracles anymore. When we read through the book of Acts, because I'll hear people say, well, look at all the miracles. Look at all the miracles. Read through the book of Acts. You know what? You can read the book of Acts in a sitting or in, in a couple of days. You can read that whole book. We did a study on the book of Acts as a series. And what we need to remember is the book of Acts is a 30-year time frame. There's 30 miracles that happen in the book of Acts. There's not miracles happening every single day. This is miracles happening through a third, just, just in the book of Acts I'm talking about here. There's more all through the whole Bible, obviously. 30 years. The reason I tell you that is because it's called signs and wonders. If we saw God move every single day, giving us the miraculous, like poof, they're healed, poof, they're healed, poof, they got a million dollars, poof, they got this, poof, 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 it wouldn't be signs and wonders anymore. It would just be like, oh, everyday life. God wants to show his power and show how real he is by making himself, by it being something that is astonishing. If it's just everyday natural life, we, we, start, we, we lose the honest of God. And, and, and we, we almost kind of expect God to do things. And, and we lose the, the, the desire to press in. And really, that's why I really felt this morning God say, we have to press in, press, press, press in. If we just like, sometimes God moves this way. I know. You, you ask for it and you get it. Sometimes he chooses to move that way. But sometimes we need to press in. Sometimes we need to press in. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Let's go back to Acts 2 one more time. Acts 2, and just remind ourselves. I'm going to get everybody to stand. Can we, can we sing um, fullness? Listen to these words here, because we all want the Holy Spirit to move, and the Holy Spirit is moving. And, and we all, we desire revival. We desire revival. When we, when we were talking about what was happening in Ashbury in the States, we want that. When we see what's going on, you know, Instagram, and we're seeing different churches, and we're seeing countries, and people are coming to Jesus, and, and it's so great, and we're like, oh, we want that. Okay, I want it too. I want it too. I want it so bad. But we need to do something. We need to press in. Let's read again. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship and the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled in awe with the signs and wonders that were happening. If we want to see signs and wonders, if we want to see the Holy Spirit move, if we want to see revival, we need to devote ourselves. Devote ourselves. 
to God. And, and, and I don't mean once a week on a Sunday morning. We want to see a revival. We need to be devoted to God every single day. We need to take every thought captive. We need to take every desire and make sure it lines up with the word of God. We need to repent for the moments that we have disobeyed God. We need to repent of the moments that we said, my will and not your will, God. We need to lean in, press in. We need to pray. We need to surrender. We need to forgive. We need to forgive. Somebody here is holding resentment against somebody, and I don't know who you are, but you need to forgive. We want to see revival. We want to see God move. We want to continue to see the move of God. We want to see more. We sing about it. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. We want healings. We want signs and wonders. We want the miraculous. We need to press in. I don't know about you guys, but I'm in. I'm in. These past couple of weeks, and I'm not saying, well, look at me, that's not at all what I mean, and forgive me if that's what you think, that's not at all, but I just want you to know that I desire it so much that after reading the word when we were talking about the gift of tongues and when Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you, I had to ask God for forgiveness. God, forgive me for not using the gift you have given me on a regular basis. I'm storming up Brayside grounds now, walking my dog, just We need to press in. Are you with me? Are you with me? We're going to sing this song this morning. And I'm going to ask that you press in. That you come to this altar and you pray. If you're looking for a miracle, if you're looking for an answer to prayer, if you're looking for signs and wonders, if you're looking for revival, if you need to repent this morning, if you need to go to somebody and ask for forgiveness for your attitude, or if you need to go to God and ask for forgiveness, then you need to do that today. But I'm going to ask you, let's do it together. They were united in the book of Acts in the church, for beginning days of the church. They were so united. They were tight. And God moved powerfully, and God will do that here. But we need to be united. We need to press in. We need to lean in. If you're here today, or if you're watching online, and you don't know who Jesus is, can I tell you today that he is here he wants to have relationship with you. He wants to have friendship with you. Don't miss out on this. Let him make himself real to you today. Surrender your life to him. If that's you today, I encourage you to come up here and tell me, and I will pray with you. Or message me online if that's you, and I will walk you through what to do, how to surrender to God. Whatever it is that you need to do, I encourage you. Let's just take a few minutes and press in with the word this morning. Let's not rush. If you need to go, God bless you. Have a coffee with us. But for those of you who can stay, let's just save for this last song. 
and let's press in with God for a moment. Hallelujah.